did have one laugh out loud when T-Bob gets the tissue and says, blowing unit on. Yes, I like that. So they finally find the treasure. What do you do? You slowly walk up to it with those annoying footsteps. Of course. <laughs> Miles comments that he's going to get masked for this and switches into jet mode and flies away. Now, where's Dagger? Down on the ground somewhere after falling down off. On the, down on the ground, or he has a death grip on that freaking rope. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000, 80 screw skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Hello, agents, and welcome to MaskCast 51, which will feature another episode review of the Mask Animated Series. Tonight, we will examine episode 38, The Curse of Solomon's Gorge, which will include, as always, our play-by-play commentary and audio clips mixed in from the actual episode. Halfway through and at the conclusion of our podcast, we will give you our thoughts and Wrap it all up with a rating using our one to five scale mask o meter. We'll also read back listener reviews and comments along with the results from our episode poll. Remember to voice your opinion prior to each podcast on our website at agentsofmask.com, or you can always comment during our live Google Hangout recording session. The Curse of Solomon's Gorge episode was first broadcast on November 20th. 1985 in the United States and featured Matt Tracker and Alex Sector going to Africa to investigate an archaeological project. While there, Scott and T-Bob discover a lost treasure along with Miles Mayhem and it's up to Mask to save them. I am one of your humble hosts, Jason, and with me as always on this MassCast journey to review every episode is my partner in crime, the Rick Simon to my AJ Simon. Wyatt, how are you tonight? I just hear the theme song already. (laughs) Oh man, I love that show, but I... Yeah, I would not remember any single episode if it ever showed up. Uh, I just remember the theme song, but I remember that Simon and Simon. And then being dumbfounded sort of um, probably about 10 years from or more when I saw him as Major Dad, at least one <laughs> of the characters. Yes, yes, Gerald McCraney. Yes. Um, he was actually also in the 18 movie reboot. Uh, he was and one of he the... Was. One of the main characters in that that was neat to see him because he is kind of a throwback he actor is. but yeah simon and simon was i always view it as one of the shows my dad watched uh when i was a kid and of 
course you remember the the vehicles that they drove the truck and then uh aj drove that what was it a was it a 57 chevy or a no convertible i think it was a 57 chevy it could have been it, it was around that era i can't remember off the top of my head i know i've seen the uh the car on the hot wheels retro collection many mm -hmm. times i have not pulled the trigger on that one but uh it was a fun show uh just um well, i think it was last year this uh if you ever heard of this it was called like the greatest tv show ever on television or something it was this event on i think it was actually cartoon network and it took some of the current actors and they recreated the whole intro for simon and simon nice um, they actually recreated a bunch of different uh, intros one was like booze and buddies and they did uh heart to heart but my favorite was simon and simon because they had the truck and they had the explosions you know and yeah puffing on the cigar you know <laughs> It was great, but yeah, I really, I, that's one of those shows that, there was a lot of those kind of action detective type shows mm -hmm. back then, you know. The like Warrior 18, Magnum, Hunter. I mean, Hunter, uh, Cagney and Lacey. I mean, oh, there, yeah. there was a lot of detective shows and that was, that was a fun one because they weren't quote unquote cops. It was, a, I think it was, they were private detectives. They were. And, um, Wish they'd put it on uh, Netflix or it might be on Hulu. Um, I was thinking it, it was, uh, was thinking it was an NBC show, but um, it, you yeah. know, I think it is. I don't quote me or don't hold me to it, but I think it is on their NBC, the main sites. If you look for the full episodes, um, okay, I think it's on there. I liked it because I'm, you know, me as kind of a Dodge fan most of my life right yeah and of course that truck was a if i remember right was a 79 dodge truck power wagon which was the four by four model and my dad's truck which i now have is a 78 so there's just a one-year difference really but i still remember that thing seeing it going man i'd love to have my dad's truck jacked up like it and whatever <laughs> right. else of course now yeah. i have and i i'm I'm cringing because I'm having to replace the mirrors. I broke the one mirror on the driver's side. Uh -oh. So I'm cringing whether to replace it with an original, but they're freaking small. They're like four by six inch little tiny uh -oh. mirrors or to replace it with much nicer, bigger mirrors. Problem is if I do that, then I got to uh, drill holes in the door and modify it slightly. Not a big, huge thing, but I'm like, I don't want to hurt my baby. Come on. So, <laughs> I know it's just a truck, right? Yeah. Some people, their vehicle is uh, essentially a part of them. So that one is <laughs> obviously, I mean, it's been with me since 78. So in one way or another. So do you name your vehicles? You, you call that one big red, right? I call it old red, or, but you know, that only, be, that only surfaced only about 20 years ago because my dad, the only reason I got that truck was because he bought himself a new truck and it was a green Dodge. So we always called it the pickup, just plain the pickup, the pickup. And he called his truck, his new truck, the pickup. So <laughs> I just started saying, well, old red and it kind of stuck. 
um, I tried to do the naming car thing. I remember I tried to name that first car mine, that Pontiac, the shadow. Uh, you and I were trying to pull names out of a hat and it just never stuck. Um, <laughs> I tried to name them, but I just, aside from the general Lee and kit, it just never sticks. True. That's hard. I actually call my truck the warthog because, uh, when I first got it, I started playing Halo, <laughs> and uh, they're, that Jeep that they use in Halo, I was playing one night with uh, three other guys over at my brother-in-law's house here, and we walked outside uh, after we were playing for a while and looked at my truck, and they are like, oh, man, it's the Warthog, man. You need to get like one of those big you know, machine guns up on top in the, <laughs> in the pickup bed and uh, rip the doors off, and you could totally make that the Warthog, so. That kind of stuck. <laughs> nice. But anyway, well, let's uh, let's move on from Simon and Simon, and let's get our mask on. Get your mask on. So I hope uh, by now everybody has heard the news about the mask logo being spotted in the recent Hasbro PowerPoint presentation that we found over there on their website. Actually, it was more uh, Toy Arc that found that. And then we, you know, as a lot of sites did, broadcasted that out there. So we got really excited and um, we actually put a podcast together, our last podcast with uh, Bill Ferris and Eric Tukey, matttracker.com, boulderhill.net to kind of hash it out and talk about it a little bit do some speculating as we've done pretty much the whole year. Right. So uh, if you missed that podcast, I say go and, uh, and listen to that after this one and join in with us as we try to figure out what's, what Hasbro is going to do. But it's, it's very encouraging to see that it's uh, one of their, what they call new brands in the presentation. And right. we'll see if, uh, see if they do anything with it for the 30th anniversary or, or make some announcements, you know, that would be good too. But in less than a week, our story on that little spotting was, uh, I think, I think it's the third most popular now all time on the website. So nice. <laughs> it's uh, everybody got really excited about that and especially shared on Facebook. So I wanted to oh, yes. thank everybody that's been doing the sharing on Facebook uh, shared many times and that really helped it out. And then of course we also talked a little bit about RetroCon, which is coming up September 12th and 13th and Wyatt and possibly myself. I'm not sure what the percentage is that I'll be there, but um, Wyatt will definitely be there and to help celebrate masks 30th anniversary and uh, Doug Stone will be there. We're going to put the panel together just for masks. So it'll be That's fun right. to, for y'all to get that together. And I saw some messages back and forth with your scheming on what to do for that panel, that it will be fun. I really think uh, people, if you can, if you're close to the, is it the Philadelphia Expo Center, is that what they call it? That is it. If you're close to there within driving distance of an hour or two, please go grab some tickets over on retrocons.com and uh, go meet Wyatt and meet Bill and, course get something signed by doug stone of course at least that exactly he's the main celebrity that's why i'm going but no <laughs> that's initially why i was going then uh when i've heard the news that uh they wanted to do a mask panel and they invited 
uh, Bill and myself, I'm like, wow, I'm now a celebrity. Do I need <laughs> to hire a security crew and, you know, get the paparazzi and whatever else? No, just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I know you enjoy it. I'm hoping I might be able to get a day off or something and drive up or, I don't know, hitch a train <laughs> <laughs> just to get up there. It's right. going to be a special time for Mask's 30th anniversary. That is it. Um, some other fun things I just wanted to quickly mention that have come to my attention and uh, posted on the website recently. One of those was that uh, concept for Matt Tracker and Miles Mayhem as those Funko pop vinyl figures. Yes. Uh, that was really cool. Shout out to Luca Canu, who uh, tweeted, actually tweeted those pictures to us and reposted up there on the blog. And those also caused me to go on a little rant uh, to Hasbro in the blog post. But with this little glimmer of hope we got this past week, maybe you know something like that really will be a reality uh, before too long. So um, also a quick shout out to Rafa Lario, who sent me some scans of this Video Riza magazine, which is... Uh, kind of the Mexican equivalent to something like Mad Magazine uh, back in the day. It's more of a comic book style, but he sent me a couple issues that actually parodied uh, Mask, and I posted one of those up on the blog, and I'll post the other one uh, in the future, but they were pretty hilarious, and uh, it was just funny how they essentially were drawing the the characters correctly, but they changed out the color schemes. I don't know if you saw that or not. That was uh, pretty crazy that they, you know, mask was so popular that they parodied it in this uh, comic. So, um, You found uh, a fun little picture of uh, what could have been the uh, first piranha bike. That was, <laughs> I was, that was hilarious. I actually had a little bit of time at lunch between at work and I'm sitting there going, you know what? I haven't done my part, so to speak on the blog. Uh, I'm just so busy with work and, uh, after work, but, uh, I'm like, let's, I just put in, uh, I can't remember what I put. I think, I think it was, I think a search was odd, uh, sidecars or something like that. And that was within like a page or two. I'm like, uh, let's have some fun with this. And then I stumbled upon the, I did the same search with, but with, um, uh, what I punch in with semi truck and um, oh, yeah, big, our big truck, crazy. big truck was the search. And I just found this thing that looks like it had nothing but smokestacks hanging up the front end of it. And I think that's a little bit excessive, at least in my interpretation of the future rhino. But I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's get, let's get some opinion or at least start of the pot on this one. I couldn't yeah. find anything custom on um, Manta and I looked for shark and just, and I even looked for Thunderhawk, uh, the IROC Z and there was nothing really unique of, of anything. The, the worst thing I saw on the IROC was, a they made a funny car out of it. That, that's it. So. <laughs> well, the, the bicycle with the wooden boat <laughs> sidecar mm-hmm. was, that's what really got me. That was funny. So, if you missed those pictures, go over to our Facebook page and check those out. I also wanted to also quickly uh, invite everyone again to create an uh, 
profile over at wewantmask.com and post your pictures and articles as kind of a petition to Hasbro to you know, produce a new mask movie or cartoon or merchandise. Um, Bill Ferris is the one that essentially put that website together. And we, as a uh, triumvirate of uh, mask fans, <laughs> uh, between Matt Tracker and us and BoulderHill.net, kind of launched that site. I guess it's been, what, a few months now. And uh, Doug Stone was on about four mo- five months, yeah. Doug Stone was over there and posted the message. So it's fun. It's just a you know do what you want. It's kind of a you can write an open letter to why you like mask and why they should bring it back. And right, this is in addition to uh, Scott Crawford's uh, mask petition that he's put in as well. Right. Uh, yeah. Good so point. There's a lot of. Right now, there's at least two like entities trying to uh, get through to Hasbro, and maybe this is a glimpse with what we saw on that icon, that logo, yeah. that they're trying to appease us. Like like we speculated, we just don't know what's going on down the road. Uh, just hopefully it's in a positive direction with Mask. At least see something on the radar. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. we we got Mask Day coming up before too long. Yes. Um, Middle, I think it's September 16th is what we adopted as Mask Day. I think that's what we adopted, yes. And Scott was the one that initially headed that up. I saw a post go by today, or actually I think it was yesterday on his uh, blog about that. It had been a year. and mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it was, we really haven't uh, got anything planned so far yet for that day, other than I think maybe we'll run a contest or something giveaway uh for that day but we'll definitely have something planned and come together with all the other sites like we did last year and uh, do something throughout the day i think we ended up doing a podcast did we do a podcast last year we did we did it was um of course it wasn't live but i think right. we, uh we did do a podcast we did um oh no we did the live uh we did the live little thing on Facebook. Oh yeah, that's asking what we did. people to comment and basically piggyback on Scott. I think he did that as well. And it's I don't know if uh Matt Tracker and Boulder Hill did that or not, but yeah, that was fun. We got to interact a little bit with people live on Facebook. So maybe this year we'll actually do the hangout like we I think we we're trying to put together last year. And That'd just be great. sit back and do a chat and ask questions and such. So that'll be coming up later this year. And, oh, did you see those uh, paper craft figures I found over I on did. Art? Uh, I watched your little how-to video, I think it was yesterday <laughs> or the day before, but uh, you had actually sent me a text. That's you right, know, yeah. And, I, and, I'll, and I'm paraphrasing, but you basically said, I found the mother load. And, uh, <laughs> Here I'm like, what the? And the, you're saying about these the these little box art cutouts. Yeah. Um, so I watched your video. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And, sitting, and what's hilarious is I'm sitting there going, why does Jason find all these? And here <laughs> I am this weekend chopping down trees. <laughs> so, well, you've got a Deviant Art is just a fun site to sift through, and new stuff kind of comes up like that, but it's not always labeled 
correctly either. Like right. uh, uh, this guy that posted those, um, he's got a, just a ton of stuff uh, that he's designed and you can basically download the templates and print them out and cut them and fold them and put them together yourself. And he actually called Vanessa, I think Melissa, Melissa Warfield or something, but I didn't sift through his whole catalog of stuff uh, enough when I first found it. Cause I found Matt and found Vanessa and then I made a little video. I was really excited. And the next day I was sifting through and I found, uh, of all things, I found the, uh, the Knight Rider tractor trailer he did in Goliath from wow. that show and the Christmas vacation house, which I put together last night. <laughs> uh, but I found Miles Mayhem and Brad Turner and Cliff Dagger as well. So he's got five characters that are uh, in this paper craft, kind of Minecraft looking uh, figures that you can put together. And I've got the templates out there. So if you go to that blog post or go to our YouTube uh, video and look in the description, there's links to the templates directly on, uh, on to DeviantArt. So go check those out. That was, those are really fun. And if you're a collector like me, they're just real fun to put together and you know, be part of your mass collection. So to speak. Right. But, uh, one more thing. Um, I, I want to do a listener shout out tonight in this way. I'm over on our, host our podcast host audiometric they now allow us to see geographically where our downloads are coming from so i thought it'd be fun to kind of give a shout out to our listeners maybe not by name but by country so i i pulled up some uh, stats over the past three months and we've had several countries downloading our podcast including of course the united states Canada, Australia, Russia, the UK, France, Germany, Luxembourg, Norway and Sweden, Slovenia, Italy, Poland, and Indonesia. Can nice. you believe it? So um, <laughs> I thought that was really cool. And you can see by, you know, how many downloads. So there's you know, usually probably one or two. Uh, people in that country and they'll download it a few times or whatever. You can zoom in pretty close to the city, you know, where they're at. Uh, but I also thought a fun game for you, Wyatt, would be uh, focusing back on our home country here is to have you do a little quiz and maybe guess uh, some of the top states that download our podcast. Hmm. See if you can uh, see if you can guess. I've got the top. Well, Got the top 11, but there's three that's tied for ninth place. They all have the same amount of downloads. But Well, I know that I listen to our podcast fairly often. And I usually listen to it two times through. One to uh, kind of critique our editing, which is pretty spot on anyway, but I do critique Jason's work now and then. Um, <laughs> and then the second time is actually to listen to actually for enjoyment, just to see what I said or bloopers or whatever else. So I'm going to guess Maryland as one of them. I'm going to think of maybe hmm, New Jersey and I'll try California. I'm thinking of Bill and Eric. 
<laughs> well, uh, your Maryland uh, was correct. That came in at uh, seventh place. California was second. There was a lot around uh, L.A. in the Sacramento area, if I remember correctly. Who knows? Maybe Doug's listening to us more than we think. <laughs> New Jersey didn't make the list. Sorry, uh, Bo. Oddly enough, the, the the state that pulls us in, there must be either one person that just loves us or, uh, you know, has a few buddies around there that, he, that listen to us as well, is Kansas. And they really? were actually, yeah, they were actually about four times as many downloads as the second place, which was California, which was interesting to me. So they love us in Kansas, let me tell you. Hey, that works for me. <laughs> Uh, then we go, Tennessee was third, Kentucky fourth, Texas was fifth, sixth was North Dakota, and then Maryland, uh, Indiana, and then tied for ninth was Alabama, that would be me, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. So I thought that was uh, just fun to go through the, yeah. the geography of it and give people some if I don't, if we can't uh, give them a, a shout out by name, we can at least shout out their country state, and state. Yeah. So, anyway, awesome. well, are you? I'm I'm out. Are you? Uh, do you have anything else to add as uh, uh, news? Nothing. No, not nothing newsworthy. Um, you've pretty well covered it. We're still working <laughs> on things like Jason indicated um, about RetroCon. So we're still working on that. Uh, we're still working on what to do with it. Uh, we indicated that more so on the, the last MassCast chat, trying to see if we want to do up T-shirts or flyers or both or something. So stay tuned. We'll figure out what we're, what we're doing, what's in the works, and what we can afford. Got to be honest. <laughs> and, um, anyway, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move forward and uh, get, get our uh, episode review going. How about that? Let's start the mass cast. We pan across a starry night canvas with a leopard in a tree. Then we fade to a waterfall and eventually come upon a campsite of archaeologists who are discussing their latest find. As they are chatting, Jennings notices that the water level in their well is dropping quite rapidly. That's odd. I know. No, not the scarab. The water level in the well. It's dropping. The curse. Sonuma is coming. Oh, Sonuma. Sonuma. We learned that it appears that they have defiled their land, thus the earthquakes that are occurring. Next, we see a brilliant light and hear an explosion. The archaeologists do not seem anxious at all. In fact, they appear curious and investigate the source. Shine the light down in the gulf. Our vehicles are gone. The next day, we see Thunderhawk cruising with the local rhinos running alongside. <laughs> uh, Scott announces to T-Bob, look, rhinos, and T-Bob sneezes. Here right we go. Here. here we go. Now, and I'll comment later, I'm sure more more about it in our ratings but from first glimpse i saw that we always see humanity with t-bob 
So this right. is just another tick or another check mark, so to speak, that T Bob has. So Scott asks if he is still upset about missing his proto service checkup, uh, which I didn't know that he had some kind of freaking checkup. <laughs> isn't isn't Scott the one that built him? Or- well, yeah. I mean, we there's there's times we uh, determined that Buddy was one of the ones that kind of works on him and. I don't know. Maybe Scott takes him into the Boulder Hill, you know, gas station for his uh, three thousand mile checkup. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and the, his the, he went past the sticker that was on the back of him. You know, for <laughs> Those stickers were three months or three thousand miles or whatever. Right. <laughs> anyway, T. Bob replies that I wouldn't have this FLU if you'd just done what you were supposed to. You can't get the flu. You're a robot. F-L-U. Flu. Faulty linkage unit. When that goes, everything goes. Mask arrives and are quickly escorted to the gorge. Looking down, they see the flattened vehicles with Matt commenting that at least T-Bob wasn't there. Uh, They wouldn't be able to find him. (laughs) T-Bob sarcastically laughs it off, saying that they won't need any service checkups. Uh Uh-huh. He then asks for tissues with Scott jokingly asking, do you have a runny nose? And T-Bob replies with leaky batteries as Alex hands him a tissue. Now here, leaky batteries, battery acid, that eats at a freaking metallic (laughs) and anything else. So I'd be thinking like his mouth is like disappearing before our eyes. Well, even though this was pretty corny and I, you know, was ready for this to continue throughout the whole episode. I did have one laugh out loud moment right here where you kind of left off when T-Bob gets the tissue and says, blowing unit on. Yes, I like that. That was good. <laughs> I, I did laugh at that, but I, I don't know. I was kind of unimpressed with the setup scene there. And I don't know. I was comparing this episode, I guess, to some in recent memory and just wasn't I don't know. The beginning didn't hit the mark for me with the drama. and it, Usually the drama is with people or, you know, people missing or something happening to people and their vehicles getting smashed was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it didn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah I wasn't um, clinched. That's probably the right word for it. Well, anyway, um, after they look over the cliff there, they go to the bottom of the gorge now, and Matt acknowledges why the workers won't return, because we see this, you know, the smashed vehicles there. The head archaeologist says, Superstitious, the lot of them. They kept yelling about Saluma. Saluma? That's the name of this gorge, isn't it? Indeed. And... It's the name of the ancient god who said to dwell in these cliffs. It's all superstitious rubbish, really. Yes, it is. Uh, Matt asked them if they have any ideas of you know, what's going on. And one of the other archaeologists states that there was no winds or seismic activity, just the water level dropping in the well, which is still low. And then this head guy, he gives Matt the scarab, to examine with Alex stating that he thinks it's Egyptian and then it could support the legend of this lost tribe of Egypt. 
and the head archaeologist uh, kind of disagrees with Matt, saying that this is all fascinating, but now the project is kind of behind schedule, and he's more of a realist, I guess, than mm-hmm. you know, a fantasy about a lost tribe or whatever. Well, Matt kind of takes charge since this is, you know, we kind of learned this is his project. I want you to go back to Nairobi, replace your equipment, and hire new workers. Straight away, Mr. Tracker. We head back to Thunderhawk, and I, I kind of like this moment. Um, Matt kind of leans back against Thunderhawk and kind of casually asks Alex what he thinks. Right. You know, Matt's kind of casual approach to the situation, you know, he's usually barking orders and you go here and check this out and you go here and check this out or asking the computer for assistance, you know, but he's just kind of leaning back against the vehicle. And what do you think, Alex? Right. And I thought of this as that Matt was really just perplexed. This one just really got him. He, he had no clue where to go. So he's leaning on what he has, you know, the advice of Alex thinking, Maybe there's a scientific explanation or, or uh, geological or some, something that makes sense to Alex that Matt can't seem to think of. Right. Well, and then this whole uh, moment here of trying to figure out what's going on is kind of broken by these stupid footsteps that <laughs> T-Bob makes throughout the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I just, this sound effect kills me. What do you think? I don't know yet, Matt. Very strange. Anyway, I, I, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be for T-Bob, but I don't know. It, it sounds more like T-Bob walking through mud or something. Or yeah. Got gum stuck on the bottom of his foot. <laughs> it's just kind of a, you know. Right. It just, I don't know, it's annoying after a while. But anyway, so... Um, Scott asks uh, Alex about this lost tribe that he was talking about, and Alex turns on Thunderhawk's dashboard computer. The lost tribe of Egypt was said to have the most ingenious builders of the empire. They amassed incredible wealth and left the Nile Basin heading south to found a new and great kingdom. They were never heard from again. Wow. And Scott's kind of wowed over the idea of, you know, hidden treasure and of course uh, Alex eggs him on, you know, saying this was the richest treasure in the world. And then Matt tells Alex, he wants to take a look from the sky and they take off in Thunderhawk. Right. And this was a very good transformation to me. It always seems like they're improving more and more with this. I was thinking this had probably recycled footage. It looked recycled, but I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite sure. It looked like it was recycled, yeah. but maybe tweaked a little. It I'm could have been, or it just could have been because it was so quick. And right. it was quick. You know, usually there's more of a running along the ground, the transformation, and then, you know, taking off into the sky. And this was just more of a, they're already right up in the sky by the time you blink your eyes. So, But anyway, after the transformation, they leave the duo behind. Scott looks for the treasure while T-Bob comments about having a temperature. What a hypochondriac. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning. You don't understand. When the linkage unit overheats, ah, Boy, you are strung out. Well, 
Just sit up there and keep an eye out for Dad. I've got treasure to find. T-Bob <laughs> begins whining about how he gets no respect. Uh, and right away there, I, I'm thinking of... Uh, <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield there when he says that. Well, I love the place where he chooses to sit. I'm going to sit on these boards on top of a well. Yeah, that was Come the smartest on. thing to do. <laughs> and anyway, he mocks Scott when he was sick, and he stands atop this board over a well, like you mentioned, and he sneezes and loses his balance. It didn't even break. He loses his balance on this board mm-hmm. and falls down the well. We cut to Thunderhawk flying above. Alex notices that the water level has risen. They also notice a groove in the landscape as well as parts from the wrecked vehicles. Uh, actually, like a shimmer effect, which I really liked. You're not going to believe this, Matt. It looks like parts from the wrecked vehicles. But how did they get to the opposite side of the gorge? We're back to our duo. Scott yells down to see how T-Bob is. He stammers around and Scott tells him to turn on his lights. He comments that he's that he should be in a hospital and notices a tunnel. Scott yells that he's coming down while T-Bob insists that Scott retrieve him. What's that? Wow! It's bigger than the Astrodome! <laughs> That's a little dated uh, Yeah, it is. There. Astrodome doesn't even exist anymore. I didn't think so, but I'm not a sports nut, so I wouldn't know. Well, uh, it was one of the premier sporting venues of its time when it was built. Mm. Um, I remember, uh, I think it was the Bad News Bears movie uh, at the end of that when they go into their, you know, championship game or whatever. It's played at the Astrodome, which was, uh, you know, for the time it was really cool to have a Little League baseball team, you know, play inside this big dome, but... Yeah, I can't remember what year, but they they tore it down and uh, they built a new stadium there in Houston. Hmm. So, anyway. So, Scott has T-Bob turn his lights on again and notices that something may have been left behind from the Lost Tribe. T-Bob worries that they will be part of the Lost Tribe if they do not get out of there. (laughs) As they look around, they notice a shimmering light from the underground lake. T-Bob worries that it's Saluma. And Scott says, let's get out of here. And they all run away. Yeah, I, I kind of rolled my eyes at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they are pretty much scaredy cats once the stuff Mostly T-Bob. Well, T-Bob, yeah, true. But um, after they hightail it out of there, we are back at the camp and Matt and Alex have uh, – cooked up a pot of coffee there at the campfire. It seems the only possible explanation is that the walls of the gorge somehow closed and crushed the vehicles. But we both know that's impossible. Ah, the rascals have returned. Look what we found. I bet it was left by the lost tribe. Hmm. Scott shows him what they found and explains the story of T-Bob falling down the well and having to go save him. <laughs> Matt scolds him for not, you know, avoiding the area, which he, I guess, told him to stay away from uh, before they took off into the air. Matt hands uh, this cable to Alex and says he thinks it's a motorcycle brake cable. 
Alex looks at the manufacturer markings and says, it's the brand that Venom uses. How convenient. <laughs> and how would <laughs> you know they, that? I mean, well, if, do they buy Harleys or something? What? That just kind of got me. I was like, okay, is there a Venom brand or is there, a, you know, a, a certain manufacturer they get all their parts from? Uh, I don't know. That just was a little, <laughs> okay, whatever. Right. Uh, too, too convenient. Um, Matt stoops to pull out his laptop and runs down the whole mystery of wondering what it all means. T-Bob says Saluma is moonlighting for Mayhem. And Matt uh, uses the laptop to call Boulder Hill headquarters. And we get a quick glimpse of Bruce right. at Boulder Hill. And he doesn't say anything. I'm not sure why... You know, usually when Matt phones in, it's usually to just to the computer to select right. the agents or whatever. But, you know, Bruce is sitting there at his station like, you know, he's been waiting for Matt to call in, but he doesn't say a word. I don't, just kinda... Now, I didn't catch that or understand why that little piece was there. Uh, yeah. We can joke and think that you know, maybe the computer was out and so... <laughs> he was fixing it, yeah. Yeah, he was fixing it, and he kind of did the guesswork for the computer uh, to send uh, Gloria and Brad. But I'm like, that was really an unneeded little yeah. snippet that they put in there. Interface with headquarters secured. Level one emergency. Give me the best team for service underwater and in the desert. Gloria Baker, expert driver and martial artist. Transport chart. Underwater vehicle essential. Brad Turner, motorcyclist and helicopter pilot. Expert ratings in both. Transport condor. Air maneuverability could be a factor. Matt approves for immediate transport to Africa. Now, I thought this was good that he first, um, the first little bit of data he puts in there is just basically the uh, terrain, but he doesn't say where they're at, uh, where they're at. And then he just adds that in at the end that they're you know, ready for immediate transport to Africa. So it was just a little bit different than what they, what he normally says when right. you know, he's requesting the team. But uh, by this point, um, Scott and T-Bob, they are wandering off camp again. Of course. And they're looking for that secret entrance to find their treasure. Uh, finally, we come upon Venom with Miles looking for a control unit. Rax complains about having to go back to the underground lake, complaining about rocks, vermin, mold, and so forth. As they notice the duo, uh, Dagger points out, It looked like a kid in a walking trash can to me. And what dumbfounds me yet is they still don't see the connection here. They <laughs> yeah. see them. They've seen them, what, three times now? Oh, it's been more than that. And they still don't uh, figure that, you know, if these guys are around, well, <laughs> maybe Mask is hanging around too? Yeah. Um, Wasn't it, um, I think it was Cold Fever, where they're actually in that little dome and yeah, Scott, like runs into the back of Mayhem or something. Hey, what's this kid doing here? You know? <laughs> That's it. Hey, wait, isn't that the same kid in this walking trash can? Right. <laughs> I know, it would it would seem you know better for them to recognize them. Of course. But 
Uh, Nonetheless, Dagger leans his elbow against a rock, which acts like a depressed switch, which then in turn begins to cause this, all these rumblings, the earthquakes that w- they were experiencing. Alex is using a device and throws the equipment to the ground because of the great sound. Yeah, some kind uh, of, it looks like some kind of seismic equipment or something. That's what I thought it was, but I wasn't quite sure. Uh, the water in the well then drains, as Matt points out, there's your answer. He quickly looks back and notices that Scott has disappeared again. We immediately cut to Thunderhawk transforming and flying off, and we are then taken to a portion of the gorge wall that is moving. And right now, I'm loving the intensity that the action is starting to come into now, because it's like, boom, boom, boom. Let's let's get there. Let's get to Scott, or get to what what's going on right now. So I'm liking that. When the duo are running, uh, they're out seeking their safety as they do. The gorge movement reveals a triangular entrance with T-Bob tripping and then yelling for help. And we are taken to our dramatic commercial break. Help! Scott! I'm gonna get munched! I'm almost afraid to ask, but what is your rating so far? <laughs> well, I, just going back to that final scene... Um, I'm still kind of confused with the water level and how that affected the, you know, the, uh, the walls collapsing of the gorge. And then when Matt said, you know, there's your answer and he points, but they don't show what, what the answer is. Running. Right. So, you know, you assume it's just the walls collapsing or whatever. I don't understand why they didn't show that. So that was kind of a, why aren't you showing it if you're saying there's the answer? And then <laughs> what got me was they look back to camp to see if Scott and T-Bob was there. Well, they zoom in on their beds. Well, why would they be in bed? It's the middle of the day. Exactly. So that was kind of, you know, puzzling. Uh, unless, you know, Matt would have said, all right, you go, you know, time out on your sleeping bag. There's <laughs> something to leave him there, but, you know. Right. Here we go again with Matt needing a leash on these two. He seems to lose them every 10 minutes or so. And then when they go back up to the sky to look for them, it's the same Thunderhawk footage right. they used before. So, uh, I don't I, I The first half, since we're, you know, here at halftime, I did, you know, kind of like that the mystery of the gorge was – more to our imaginations at the beginning. You know, they really didn't show much. They showed the bright light. and That can work well, but I don't know. I just wasn't really intrigued with it at first. And now that we see it has moving parts and secret entrances, and it's a little more captivating, you know. So they finally got to there. But, you know, like I said, the logistics of the whole thing was confusing to me. Uh, the, this groove that they could only see from the sky, which I was like, why? It's just water running down the middle of the gorge. You didn't see that before, you know? Exactly. And how they had to be in the sky to see the parts across from the gorge sparkling in the sunlight when they obviously would have been closer uh, when they were down in the gorge anyway to see across to the other side. But I don't know. That was a little, got me out of the episode for a minute. But you also missed a fun part there were, were Rax is complaining about being down in the water with all the 
vermin and all that stuff. And, and Vanessa has a fun little comeback there where she's like, well, that's your, uh, your favorite environment or something. She says, Oh yeah. I forgot to jump. Uh, down. <laughs> that was kind of comical. The, the perfect environment, I think is what she says for him. So yeah, I always like them going back and forth. That was oh, good. Yeah. They're fun. Um, you know, so far, the episode is all about Scott and T-Bob and their little excursion. So I dropped it down a little bit and with the stupid footsteps sound effect, too. <laughs> um, I'm probably down around a four to three and a half at this point from five. Wow. So what about you? Well, I, I dinged it a little bit because there's that disconnect between Venom and Scott and T-Bob. They just still have yet to figure out that they're part of Mask. At some point, at least, they keep showing up. Right. So I, I dinged it there because you think by now they kind of get a clue. I also dinged it because of the blurp with Bruce as Matt calls in for the troops. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I didn't see why that was needed. We didn't get our roundtable, but it was explained because Matt says, you know, go for immediate transport to Africa. Got it. But we don't even have a mask sequence. Something, hey, go grab the masks and go. Right, right, um, right. Which I know that's intermittent anymore, but I, I still like seeing that piece. Um, yeah, and it, you know, all it would have taken was maybe they're already at Boulder Hill for some reason, or, you know, usually they, they do the call up, they show those setup scenes of them rushing to Boulder Hill, and then they do the powwow with Matt, usually right. on the big screen, and they're at the round table. And I, I just like that flow a lot better than you know what they've been doing, it seems, lately, which is sometimes they show that, and sometimes it's just hurry up and get there. And, right. Which is, I mean, it's okay. And even if, you know, they essentially stayed with Matt on the laptop and flashed the agents on his laptop and just kept it there without going to Boulder Hill, that would almost be better than trying to, you know, set up any little short scene at Boulder Hill, you know. But, yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of with you that, that there's just a little bit of disconnect there from what they normally do. So. On the bright so, side, I see an escalation in the episode. It was kind of dull at the beginning. There really wasn't that much captivating me, but now we're getting um, kind of drawn into something. Something's there, the treasure, as well as even even as much as it seems to be focused on Scott and T-Bob, there's something there that's drawing them in. They keep leaving all the time. So even yeah. if it's for even if it's for if, if it's for stupid comedy, there's something drawing them away, keeping us somewhat intrigued. At least me. I mentioned the Thunderhawk transformation was good. I'm not sure that I liked this cliffhanger with T. Bob like possibly being squashed, but at the same time, it was kind of like that is T- Scott's robot, so he's he might actually be squashed, but he also has motor scooter modes. So why didn't he just change and go? Uh, right. We've seen that though a lot, a lot of times where they're running versus motor scooter mode. Is he faster running than on wheels? Uh, I just don't get it. But uh, <laughs> overall, I'm right around a, I call it a 4.5. Not a serious thing, but it's okay. coming down. 
All right, well, uh, coming back out of the break, uh, T-Bob stands up after uh, tripping over nothing, and <laughs> he opens this rear compartment and uses a like jet booster to mm -hmm. fly out of harm's way, and he says that, that Saluma plays one mean game of squash. Well, this is a cool feature. I wish they had I like this. Like, incorporated it more in the show to this point yeah. that T-Bob can actually fly. You know, for a little bit at least. But um, I was kind of the same thing like you. I, I was figuring he was going to do the motor scooter mode and zip on out of there at the last minute when you know they incorporated this, like, jet engine. <laughs> right. Uh, to get him out of harm's way. But I don't know. I, I, that was a cool point in this episode. I'll right. I did that. like this feature, so I brought it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, now from above, uh, Mayhem is looking down from their little perch where this uh, lever is, and he sees the entrance now to the where the treasure is. Uh, the walls begin to retract, and from inside, Scott and T-Bob now watch the entrance opening disappear, and it goes kind of dark again. Scott tells T-Bob to turn on his lights, of course. So they finally find the treasure. And what do you do? You slowly walk up to it with those annoying footsteps. Of course. <laughs> I just, I, you know, you find a long lost treasure. Are you really going to just kind of stroll up to it? and? Oh, hey, look what we found. You're going to run, dude. You're going like, to yeah. jump into it. You're going to be like Scrooge McDuck, you know, and <laughs> jumping into this gold. Uh, that was kind of... Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Scott grabs this crown, and he says now that they can get anything they've ever wanted, with T-Bob responding, can he get us out of here? Well, two things here. First, they probably can already get anything. Exactly. Want. And second, T-Bob's little response to Scott didn't really match up with his actions. Did you see that? Yeah. It was yeah. His, his voice was late. He started, he did this big arm motion, and then he did his little... You know, line mm -hmm. after that um, of, about getting out of there. But I, I did notice that. Anyway, back outside from the air, Matt says that explains the crushed vehicles. Mayhem's involved, all right. But why? And where's Scott and T-Bob? I don't know why he thinks Mayhem is involved, other than they found this brake cable. Um, mm -hmm. But then he now we're back to wondering where Scott and T-Bob are. And then the masks lower from the roof of Thunderhawk. Yeah, but no and, command again. Well, there was no command, and I didn't really like the motion. They just kind of plopped on their heads. But you, I mean, there, the one thing I did, I did, but what I did notice that I kind of liked, even though they, there was no command or anything, was they both straightened their heads to basically receive the helmets and then went back to looking out the windows. Right. But it was just kind of like, uh, almost like it was unexpected or something. Right. There's, like you said, there's no voice command, and it's like they're just kind of flying along. All of a sudden, whoop. <laughs> oh, okay, my mask's on. And then Alex looks over. Oh, I better put my head forward. Whoop. <laughs> right. It was very abrupt. Usually there's that kind of mechanical arm or something that mm -hmm. you get that, you know, 
there's like a little sound effect they'd used before. And this one just kind of plopped it on their heads. But I don't know. <laughs> so now anyway. we see the footprints and Matt comments that they need to go to the far end. Miles notices that Mask has arrived. We have to act fast. Dagger, Vanessa, get out there immediately. Draw them away from the gorge as far as you can. How come it don't work now? Moron, the water level isn't right yet. Now get out of here before you break it. I guess you want me to help collect the treasure. Forget it. I'm doing it alone. What do you mean? You couldn't have done this operation without me. I'm the one who risked my life blasting the water passage clear so that this thing works right. Miles attempts some reverse psychology and tells him that he has something better for him, more complicated, that he can handle. And then he says to stay here and push the lever when he instructs. <laughs> yeah, some complicated word there. Yeah, I see. <laughs> push the lever, Rex. I'm surprised he didn't, uh, you know, give him a comeback after, after <laughs> telling him what his job was going to finally be. Right. Uh, Matt and Alex continue to ponder where the duo are with Matt theorizing they might have found a recess. Uh, as Alex is perplexed about the water, Vanessa begins blasting at them as they get into Thunderhawk. There goes the neighborhood. We see Matt start Thunderhawk, which I liked. I like the the vibration, the animation that they use for that. Mm -hmm. uh, as Jackhammer arrives and begins blasting at them, Thunderhawk transforms and then flies out of the gorge as Matt says that he doesn't like tailgaters. <laughs> Talking about Manta there. Yes. Using the binoculars, Rax advises Mayhem that the water level is back up. Miles, yeah, real quick. Uh, Miles lowers switchblade in a large shipping container as he says that he's ready. Rax pushes the button, and we see that the water level now decreases, and the gorge begins to shift, revealing this door. Scott and T-Bob are simply sitting inside, patiently waiting, <laughs> and as the door opens, Scott comments and says to run for it. Outside, as, as the air battle between Manta and Thunderhawk continues... That's the only possible place where Scott and T-Bob could be. And here's the cavalry. We then see the transport plane arrive right at the edge of the gorge, and it looks like it's vertically landing like a Harrier. I noticed that too, and I, I, I put that in my, uh, my notes that did not know it could do that Harrier-style landing. Neither did I. Uh, I haven't uh, seen that before. It's more of a runway style mm -hmm. up to this point. And then we see Shark and Condor roll out with the transport plane leaving in the background. So this sucker has an, an autopilot system now? Did this drop his load and go back home? Or I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, you see it taken off. You see the cars roll out or driving down the, the gorge or whatever, the roadway. You see the transport plane just taken off right behind him. Maybe it was Bruce. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Bruce had to catch a flight. Elsewhere, I don't know. Since he was getting the data and he was out of the mission, so to speak, maybe he just drove the transport plane over. Who knows? So after Condor and Shark exit, with Shark giving chase to Jackhammer, which is now on top of the gorge, wasn't sure how that happened since he was uh, 
blasting that Thunderhawk down in the gorge just a couple scenes ago. Uh, Condor converts, and Brad asks, Mind if I cut in on this one? She does a mean tango, but be my guest. Well, I'll just have to teach that fox to trot. Thunderhawk now breaks off from the dogfight and just let Condor go at her for a while. Um, he sees Mayhem entering the opening with Scott recognizing him right away, of course. They turn to run back inside the entrance towards the treasure with T-Bob uh, stating hide mode on, or yeah. hiding mode on. And then um, outside, Thunderhawk now is in this dive towards the closing entrance with Alex shouting that they aren't going to make it. Now, I thought this might be a, would have been a better setup for the halftime. Right. And have, you know, Thunderhawk looking like it's not going to make it, you know, into this uh, entrance that's closing. Right. But uh, anyway, Matt tells him that he will make it and uh, instructs Alex to take over the controls. Well, Matt uses Spectrum Hang Glider now to swoop in inside this entrance right before it closes, and then he lands on top of this big statue. Mayhem, I love this uh, his reaction here. Mm-hmm. He had a, that awesome evil laugh. <laughs> I found it! King Solomon's treasure! The legends about the lost tribe of Egypt were true, and it's all mine! Spectrum Infrared on. From above, Matt uses Spectrum Infrared now to locate where Scott and T-Bob are hiding, which he earlier stated that this could be the only place they could be, would be in this temple or whatever, wherever they're at there. Right. Scott keeps T-Bob from sneezing at one point, and then he looks up and sees Matt on the statue. We quickly go back outside uh, to Manta, who is now firing on Condor with some stray shots coming close to Rax's position up there on top of the, uh, the ledge there where the lever is. Hey, watch where you fire that thing. Back inside, Matt gives Scott some hand signals about running uh, back towards the back of the cave there. And uh, just about that time, T-Bob lets out a sneeze. Ah, 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 chili! And Mayhem turns around to say, this is his treasure, you know. And this is where we get that awesome shot of his face through the Viper yes. mask that uh, I posted up on Facebook a while back. And uh, that was really cool, you know. I often think there's some masks that you could do that and almost see through, see the people's face, you know, behind it. But this is the, definitely the first time that we've uh, actually seen it. And I really like it. I think you can see his, you know, stern look on his face as he's barking at uh, them for being near his treasure. Right. And then as uh, he notices them, Matt then uses Spectrum Hang Glider again to drop down to the floor and tells Mayhem, Why don't you pick on someone your own size? My pleasure. Viper, on! Fool, I have you trapped. It's just a matter of time. Viper, on! 
he fires uh, Viper again. He hits one of these tall statues. And Matt now is with uh, Scott and T-Bob and asks them if they're all right. T-Bob points to the statue now that it looks like it's ready to topple from all the Viper acid or whatever that's eaten through. And uh, Matt tells them to run as the statue falls over into the back wall, causing this uh, underground lake that's behind it to start seeping through. And this is where we get Mayhem uh, radioing to Rax to open the door. And he does and (laughs) hightails it out of there. Rax has had enough of this. I'm not sure why he's had enough other than he's been uh, had some friendly fire, you know, (laughs) Adam. But he's, you know, after wanting to essentially get the treasure with Mayhem, now he's like, screw it all. So I, I don't know. I didn't understand that whole <laughs> side of it. But we get back down into the gorge and we see Jackhammer is now stuck. He's stuck in the mud with Dagger trying to get it moving as the gorge walls kind of creep towards him. Inside, Switchblade stops and hovers above Matt as Miles says, Another day? Another treasure. Scott, grab onto T-Bomb. Then we are taken outside where laser blasts are raining down on Switchblade. Brad is able to use his laser to cut the cables, dropping this cargo container of his. Miles screams, No! And then we are taken back to the water gushing out of the entrance. We see Matt and the duo floating out. Then we cut to Jackhammer as Dagger runs away and Switchblade rescues Dagger. Uh, Dagger jumps onto the rope as Miles comments, I'm always getting you out of a jam. I wish they would have showed Jackhammer getting smashed. Yeah, that would have been nice. (laughs) They've showed him getting smashed before, but, you know, what's one more time? Exactly. Squash like a pancake. That would have been fun to see. And Miles now comments that he's going to get masked for this. And switches into jet mode and flies away. Now, where's Dagger? <laughs> down on the ground somewhere after falling down off. On the, down on the ground, or he has a death grip on that freaking rope. <laughs> no kidding. Because all I can see is him hanging on, and it's like Airwolf when he hits the turbo button. Right, just right. Crazy hanging on. So Alex is watching and just chuckles. Then he looks down the cliff to see the trackers. Alex instructs Brad to get Matt. And Brad flies down, drops I, a rope ladder. I'm sorry. I didn't understand. So, you know, Matt tells Alex to take over the controls while he's doing all this work. And what does Alex do? He just lands Thunderhawk and watches, starts barking orders. I'm like, shouldn't you be yeah, helping? Really? What's that? <laughs> Provides some cover fire or something. I don't know. Uh, exactly. But he, nonetheless, he advises that he can only take two as his propeller is damaged. Take them. I'll hang glide down. Spectrum, the mask won't work. It's shorted out. And this is where I mentioned in uh, back in, I think it was Mask Cat's uh, chat two with the dashboard discussion where we mm-hmm. see the hang glide actually fails them. Just then, coincidentally enough, we finally see Shark getting in on the action, which took her a while. <laughs> um, she pops up the periscope. And Gloria greets him and says that This is no place to take a dip, Matt. 
Back on land, we see Mask striking a pose as Matt takes off his Spectrum mask and discovers a necklace. Matt comments that Mayhem said it was Solomon's treasure. He then concludes that King Solomon's followers created the legend of Saluma to protect the lost treasure. Alex then concludes about the water engineering to move the gorge. Scott is disappointed and says he didn't get anything while T-Bob pulls out the, this golden cockroach uh, from his storage compartment asking if he'd like it. Yeah! Ah, you get it after my checkup. <laughs> <laughs> and we fade out with a chuckle. We are then taken on to our PSA. Right, and uh, this PSA somewhat finishes the last line of the episode, mm-hmm. which I thought was good. As Scott is, we're back at the mansion, and he notes that he has a place to keep his treasure. Uh, he walks into this room with a reel-to-reel machine, spinning tape all over the place. Mm-hmm. We've got to remember to turn off all appliances when we leave the house. We're lucky. Yeah, your dad doesn't know. Scott corrects him and says, well, what if it would have been an oven or hot iron it could have started a fire and t-bob agrees and says they could have been i think he says crispy critters yes um and they laugh you know because jokes about fires are evidently hilarious um (laughs) anyway and then we're out of uh our psa in the episode so i will turn it over to you sir what was your verdict well i'm i'm teetering to be honest, I did. Oh, yeah? I checked it off as a five on our ratings oh, wow. the, on the on the blog, but I'll walk it through. Uh, aside from what I commented about earlier, I'm disappointed that they didn't use Gloria or Brad much in this episode. They bring them around, but they didn't use them very very much. I mean, you see Brad kind of get in on the on the dog fight, but then Alex leaves basically. Yeah. And uh, just to stop you for a second on that note. You know, we as soon as that landed, we saw a little bit of action there, but they called them up before halftime. And we've seen other episodes before when they call them late, mm-hmm. which is still fine, but they pretty much arrived then and then they team up and strategize and then they go out for their attack where it all seemed just kind of coincidental that they landed the plane just as all the action started. Right. You know? And then, you know, like you said, we see uh, Gloria giving chase to Jackhammer at one point, and then she's gone until that little surprise uh, rescue at the end. Right. So, that, so that's the thing that would kind of perplex me is, you know, she didn't really have any action just to save the day for Matt. Yeah. Uh, so was she, I guess my question was, was she in the sub and underwater the entire time? <laughs> right. Um, she could have been fighting Vanessa or something yeah and you know another thing too before i don't want to steal all of your thunder or all of your <laughs> that whole uh you know they found that groove with the water in it and then i guess that eventually turned into the large waterfall somehow because I, I i was trying to get that whole uh, situation around my brain is where is this waterfall it looked like it was feeding out of the gorge right right 
So that didn't make sense either. Where's all this other water coming from? If only there was a small little groove in the gorge. So uh, that was confusing to me too. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand. Of course, it's a cartoon, so they don't have to do too much exploration. Right, right. We, we overanalyze, of course, now that we can, right. but I don't know. There's there's disconnect when you watch it now as opposed to when you're a kid. Right. Um, Rax is now relegated to just pop a switch because he's not keeping up with Miles' plan. So, you know, he's screwing up things, and Dagger basically gets stuck. So it was like, I mean, really, we usually see them just run off anyway, but it was like they really just crippled these guys early on to do nothing. And it was Miles basically trying to run off with the treasure, and, of course, he failed that one. Yeah. Um, T-Bob, we've seen in the past, like I commented before, that he mimics human traits, but I think the sneezing bit is a little bit too much. I just... I guess that's what got me. What what's, and that's why I'm kind of talking myself down to a four at this moment. I realize it's not a big, huge tick, but it's just this doesn't make sense. But I guess what's keeping me a little high, maybe, is uh, that there was the the detail was still there, the thoughtfulness of using the Viper's masks acid to eat away at the Sphinx legs mm-hmm. was great. The thought of using water pressure, even though we don't know the full mechanics or plumbing thereof, still the water pressure to move the gorge was still a good thought, at least something to use. Our ever-illustrious Spectrum actually fails Matt. For the second time. Right, and we could have even used this as a good cliffhanger instead of T-Bob getting stuck in that gorge. Yeah. But I did like seeing Matt, you know, having a problem. But it would have been better if they was closer to the edge, like he was within inches rather than it looked to me. And again, I'm gauging with cartoon eyes, I guess, that it looked like he still had several hundred yards to go before, you know, he really had to worry. That's just my estimation from the cartoon. But, you know, Gloria, like I said, pops up right to rescue. And like I said, I think they did do some decent designs, improvements to the design of uh, the cartoon overall. I'm going to stick with my 4.5 just because I'm the positive type of guy I am. <laughs> but uh, it's it's hard to go much past that. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm going to round up, but okay. uh, it's not one of my uh, shiny fives, I guess that's what I'll call it. <laughs> what about you? Well, I... I... Yeah, I, I just think there's too much in this to even be in the four range for me. I'm, I was close to giving it a two. <laughs> um, there were some bright spots, and, you know, we pretty much hit on them before. Where I'm just talking about the second half, uh, T-Bob's little jet pack that he has that we didn't know about. And the, the animation, I thought, was good. You know, of course, the scene where you can see mayhem through his viper mask. Um, you know, there's, they're still coming up with new ways each episode. It seems like to like, wow us mm-hmm. in, in a new way. And you don't catch that, you know, when you're just picking up an episode here or there, but we've got the benefit of, you know, going through in order 
and I love seeing that they're taking chances, that they're trying new things. Uh, it seems like in each episode. So, you know, there was enough, I thought that, um, I, I definitely didn't think this was better than the last episode, which I gave a three and I, I just, I couldn't drop it down one more. So I'm going to stick in the three range, uh, on this one. And, you know, I, I pretty much, uh, talked about most of my, you know, complaints before in the no voice commands and the, they're still doing some of the crazy puns and stuff, but I mean, the, the thing that really got me were the stupid footsteps and that it seemed Scott and T-Bob were too much of the focal point yes. of the episode throughout. And I can stand them, you know, uh, enough and when they're used well and essentially put in harm's way like they were this time, it can be good. But, you know, I was like you, the, there was just too much. Too much with this whole T-Bob being sick routine. And I don't know. I just was seeing them too much. And when I when I do that, I typically drop the rating down because this is Mask. We want to see some cool vehicle battles. We want to see the masks being used. When we saw, you know, Viper and Spectrum this episode, but it essentially wasn't a battle. You know, I was ready for Matt to do some Spectrum laser or something back at Mayhem when he was doing the Viper at him. Right. Didn't get any any kind of battle there. So, you know, here again, we're we've got a, a couple masks used just to, I guess, to hold the show together. But <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I I just think that over the last basically through this season of episodes 31 to 40, the animation has been stellar and been way above the writing of the episodes to me. And I think I feel like we've taken a step back in, you know, some cases, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, maybe there'll be a, a couple episodes here as we round out the, the season that will, get me back up into my happy place with mask because <laughs> I'm kind of in that area. It seems like, I don't know. I'm in that three area. I think I did give a four not too long ago, but this section I, I think has been uh, not that great compared to some of the other ones, but right. I agree. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we mentioned a couple of ticks before with as far as Bruce and little things that we found throughout the episode that I wouldn't necessarily hold it against it, but it was out of place to what we're used to and stuff. But right. Anyway, so I won't beat it down too much more. Um, did you see any similarities to our, what we wrote in our movie script? I tried digging, um, but no, I didn't see anything. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I really didn't, I haven't been looking too much and it could be because I haven't been in our script in a while, but maybe we should, maybe we should essentially drop that segment of of the podcast because we've revealed quite a bit and we seem to be going back to the well a lot. I don't know. What do you think about that? 
Uh, we can. I still look just because, uh, out of curiosity. Okay. But, well, um, I, 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 for me, I'm. That's not usually one of the things that I'm looking for when I'm reviewing the episode now. And oh. I don't know if you still did or whatever. So I mean, we can keep it. It's fine. But it's been a while since I found something that. Ooh, well, same here. Never, you know. So and we've revealed in uh, quite a bit. Uh, spoiled, <laughs> not spoiled, but you know. Told a, a lot about what we've put in there, so I don't know. Maybe that could be if if you're listening to this and if you enjoy the you know the segment of us comparing it to our movie script, give us some feedback on that and let us know what you what you yes. think. Um, but let's go over to some real feedback and uh, our poll results. So I think we, we have, got uh, uh, seven votes. Yes. Two for a five, two for a four, you're the lonely three, and two for a two. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, I don't know what that would average out to be. Almost uh, almost in the middle, I guess, or like a three and a yeah. half, if there had been one more three vote. And then uh, we had two comments. Um, Actually, we before, had four. Oh, we did? Oh, we that's right. We got, you scroll down. You got the uh, the Facebook comments and the. Go ahead and take Mark. I've already translated uh, Sani's. Oh, okay, great. Well, before we get into comments, um, we didn't get one from Anna this week, but since she's not here, I'm going to wish her a happy birthday today. Yes. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm friends with her on Facebook. I don't know if you are too. I am. But, I wish her a happy uh, birthday already. <laughs> so apparently, she was out partying the whole week and. And didn't watch the episode, but she's one of our, uh, she's been with us since the beginning. So uh, we really appreciate her and wish her a happy birthday. Yes. So um, let's get into the comments. Uh, Mark uh, Lungos uh, chimed in. He says, I can tolerate a lot of silliness in cartoons, but a sneezing robot is way too much. <laughs> that was his. Uh, his little take on it, which kind of echoes what you said before about T-Bob's characteristics. Right. uh, Sanny Ryler, or Riller, I apologize if I said your name wrong, Uh, and I'm using Google Translator, so uh, forgive me, but it looks like you're saying, pity that there is no drawing of mask that is dubbed in the Portuguese language. It seems to be exemplary only to English no matter what that is, I still love the same design as well. Cool. It sounds like she's uh, wishing she had more of mask in her native language. And she should have mask was a good cartoon. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then we get Eric from cartoonopolis. Eric says, wow, what can I say about this episode? I sure hope no one takes anything presented in this episode as historical fact, because it's nothing but nonsense. Solomon was a king of Israel, not Egypt, and there would have been no reason for the Egyptians to have helped Solomon hide his treasure. As for the episode itself, well, there are just so many things wrong with it. Matt Tracker should be nominated for the Worst Father of the Year (laughs) Award in this one. He basically just abandoned Scott in the middle of nowhere while he and Alex investigate the gorge. Once again, T-Bob's human characteristics are completely ridiculous and utterly irritating 
and Venom doesn't even show up until the episode is halfway over. I did like the animation, especially when you can faintly see Mayhem's face through his mask. The Mayhem Tracker confrontation was great, too, and they really need more mask battles in a show called Mask. I agree. Uh, still, this episode should have been called The Scott and T-Bop Show. Yes. So that was Eric's take, which kind of echoed uh, my sentiments. And then our buddy Scott Crawford chimed right. in. He says, this is a good episode, but as mentioned by Eric, Scott and T-Bob feature quite heavily. That's never a good sign. It means we won't see much Mask versus Venom action. The animation throughout is extremely good. When we first see Matt, Alex, Scott, and T-Bob, they are in Thunderhawk driving with a brace of Rhino. It would have been nice if they had been in Rhino instead. But that would have been actually fun. Could have made some reference to it. As we get into the story, Scott and T-Bob come across a piece of cable. I'm not sure how Matt Tracker would know who manufactures Venom's brake parts. Would Master Mechanic Buddy Hawks even know this information? If the origin story from the comics was correct, then perhaps. As per usual, Sly Rax backtalks Miles Mayhem when he is given a command. Then we see T-Bob flying courtesy of a booster in his butt. <laughs> when when did he get that fitted and why has it never been used before exactly exactly yes the highlight of the episode for me is when cliff dagger and jackhammer makes his initial attack on our mass team he drives jackhammer through the stream it only lasts a few seconds but this scene is well done the animation yeah. and the way that jackhammer moves is great but about a minute later confusion happens when dagger initially engages thunderhawk he is in the gorge. When the mask mm-hmm. transport plane lands, it is above the gorge. Immediately, we see Shark engaging Jackhammer with the transport taking off in the background. How did Dagger manage to get up there so quickly? Yeah, Good point. Uh, then somehow Dagger is back down in the gorge again, stuck in the mud. Again, I agree with Eric on how great it is to see Mayhem through Viper's visor and how can a robot sneeze. Where I wouldn't agree with Eric is on the premise of the story. Yes, Solomon was a king of Israel, but there were many links to Egypt. In fact, Solomon married the daughter of a pharaoh. There is speculation over the missing tribes who may have ended up in Egypt and further afield. It is therefore conceivable that remnants of Solomon's treasure may have made their way to Egypt and then further down to Nairobi. Or it could all be made up. We'll never know. And he signs it Scott. That was a very good uh, response. And we didn't notice uh, how often Jackhammer seemed to go from inside the gorge to above and back down. Yeah, yeah. I, I did notice the, the initial one when you get rid right of the transport plane that he was back up out of there and how that logistically could happen. <laughs> There's no, like, you know, little side ramp to get back up to the side and from what we've seen earlier. So right. that stands to reason. But I did notice that scene too, where he's four-wheeling through the, the water there. And that was pretty cool. You don't see Jackhammer do much four-wheeling, you know, it's no more along the road and you know, it could be just, they portray Dagger as a goof. <laughs> you know? Well, he is. Uh, and not really a, 
you know, skilled driver or whatever, but it was cool to see that kind of going through and him and Manta attacking Thunderhawk at the same time. That was really good. So, right. Well, we appreciate the comments. Thank you guys so much for chiming in and giving your take on the, the episode. And I guess for this most part, they, you know, Scott, uh, I guess probably agreed more with you and, and Eric was on my side, but it showed it reflected in the poll results too. Right. For some, this was a bad and some, this was, yeah, there was some, but there was some good as well to not rate it quite so low. But anyway, that I guess we'll about wrap it up for our review. Um, our next episode will be episode 39 the Green Nightmare, which I, if I remember right, this is one of Anna's favorites. This episode features uh, Vanessa sabotaging Matt's private jet and then crashing it into the jungle of New Guinea. It's up to the rest of the mass team to assemble and rescue him. Uh, and if I remember right, I think this is the episode where Rax gets shot with some blow darts that put him to sleep and Vanessa's in the sidecar and they're headed towards a cliff and she has to jump over there and grab the brake, the handbrake on the bike to save them from uh, going over the cliff. I'm thinking that's the episode. But anyway, um, I'm hoping since she likes it, that this will be a little bit better than this episode and kind of give us a nice push into episode 40 and then our, our overview of, 31 to 40 and season four of mass cast. So thanks for uh, taking the time partner and uh, keep pushing on. Uh, I don't know when we're going to do the, the next uh, episode review. If we're going to do a chat in the meantime, but we'll try to get a, a couple more podcasts in at least next month. And um, of course for mass day, hopefully we will, uh, be able to do a, a chat as well for that right. and uh, get some people to chime in and just have some fun with that. And uh, I'm sure we're going to take a little bit of time getting closer to RetroCon to uh, kind of get everything arrangements taken care of so we probably won't podcast um, towards the beginning of September. But we'll crank out some more episodes in August. And uh, I plan to go up to RetroCon and lots of video footage. I might have to get some more SIM cards or whatever to <laughs> to stock up. But uh, we're, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, this has been great. I'm hoping we can turn out some more episodes. Uh, perhaps even look at a review before we uh, head off to RetroCon or, or uh, whatever next venue. I would like to get another comic review in. I know we've been trying to get a hold of Eric. Yeah, we need to coordinate with him and he was in the middle of a move I think when we mm-hmm. were trying to do it earlier so I think he's now a little more freed up and we wanted to dive into the second volume of comics that was released in I think 86 and there was uh, nine of those and I think we were going to try to maybe tackle three the first three and that small little preview comic that was in some of those uh, comics and I think it was September 85 before the actual first volume was released 
of comics. So uh, we'll see if we can get Eric on the horn and uh, do that episode in August. Nice little change of pace. Yeah. All right. I think that uh, does it for the live portion and for our podcast. So on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. Thank you for watching and listening. Masscast. Mask cast. I've had enough of this caper. <laughs> <laughs>